0: Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. And I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast where we have uncut and honest conversations about faith, life, and Middle ministry. East. <laughs> and Middle <laughs> East. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, this is a, a special episode of the Uncut Podcast. So this is a bonus episode that's coming out this week. Um, in addition to the normal episodes that come out on Monday morning, um, and we're going to be talking about the Middle East, just about like everybody is right now. So Cameron, I'm going to give it over to you, um, and kind of let you kind of bring the topic and some thoughts. Yeah. So
1: unless you're living under a rock somewhere, you've probably been exposed to what's going on in Israel Mm -hmm. and in Gaza or in, you know. Palestine as a generalized area, the Gaza Strip, yeah. um, and and may have questions about that um, as Christian people, and so I was reading. I was just scrolling on Instagram the other day, and um, someone, a, a churchy influencer type of person, um posted a story where they essentially said if you it's like it was like this is like one day after everything happened if you haven't responded already um then don't wait a few days to respond because then we know you're just following whatever the like most popular trend of response is you know Uh. and I don't often respond to people's like stories yeah. that I don't have like personal connection with. Connection with, but I did respond to that and I said that's really not a very charitable perspective to have at all. Uh, number 1 nor wise. Yeah. I said number 1 like you I know that like I know of this person's like platform. They're not a pastor. Mm-hmm. so they're not responsible for a group of people and so they don't there's no consequence to them just like ripping off yeah. responding or reacting immediately um, and that there's actual wisdom in holding your tongue to develop a response that's um, articulate and as clear as you can make it and um, nuanced, and keeping your ear to the ground to the people that you serve and whatever. Dah, dah, dah. Yeah. So before that, I had already decided that, you know, like, look, I feel like this is probably a topic that people would at least like to hear some conversation on or have some conversation yeah. about. Um, but I want to make the I want to make the record really, 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 really clear right now is that I am not a Middle East expert. Yeah. I, at all. Right. I am we, not a... Um,
0: we're not geopolitical experts. No.
1: No, I am not a political expert. I do not understand the intricacies of the relationship between right. the Palestinian people in Gaza right. and Israel. And also another huge player in this is Egypt yep. and Iran yep. and the United States. Right. This, for me is not a political commentary. Mm-hmm. I want to stay in my lane here. Mm-hmm. My lane is the Christian faith. Yeah. My lane is scripture. Um, and that's where I want to stay here. And so we can maybe talk about, like I think it's important that we, we do talk, maybe we could talk about a little bit about the um, the pride of the person that must have something to say about what they know nothing about.
0: Oh yes, I have things to say there for yeah, sure. Right. But like my uh my having watched West Wing once mm-hmm. and read a Tom Clancy novel does not make me um apt to speak with su- ex- expert authority on anything. And like, you know, I have my thoughts, I can like have my conclusions and things I wonder about, but like I expert I am not. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I
1: think that that goes for everything because, like, listen, I've I've seen a few people say, I'm withholding my comments until I do some research over the next few days. Yeah. And my immediate response to that is one of skepticism.
0: Because. What what research are you doing? Where Are you just Googling YouTube videos? Exactly.
1: My point is that, like, you are reading news articles that have inherent bias. Mm Mm-hmm. You are probably picking and choosing sources that are familiar to you. Right. You know,
0: if you're if 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 your research does not rise above even undergraduate college level research, Mm -hmm. I don't know that you can call it research. Yeah. Or if
1: you're reading journalists who've never been to the area. And skipping over. Historic, you know, like historical political scholars, sociologists, um, Jewish or Islamic scholars who are mired in the intricacies of the mm-hmm. issues that's going on. Because at its core, my, my perception of the issue between Israel and uh, the Palestinians is I, I believe at its very core, it is religious. Mm -hmm. It is, it is religious. Um, and, and so I think that to abandon, abandon a, a position or to, to have a position that abandons all reasonable, um, reasonable, addition of like the religious history of that area Mm -hmm. doesn't it will not give you a full picture right it will present a very like biased Mm -hmm. viewpoint I, i
0: i think something that's also really worth mentioning particularly up front here is um At least, and we can argue how distant this conflict actually is in Mm -hmm. a sociological level from us, but most people that are in our circles are not personally connected to Mm -hmm. this conflict in any way. Right. And I, I, I don't think either of us intend to be flippant about loss of life, Mm-mm. casualties, Mm-mm. impact on people's life, Mm-mm. like loss of loved ones. Like those are all significant things. And so I don't want to, you know, and that's, that's that sometimes when we start talk when, when this conflict becomes a conflict of not just people, but of ideologies and then of talking heads, mm-hmm. like it's possible for the, like, the visible evil and loss of life and suffering that's happening um, to be kind of washed away, and it and for this and for the topic itself to become a detached from human experience mm-hmm. and and, don't, and I don't think either of us want that either.
1: No, so. absolutely not. No, yeah the the horrors of war are horrors no matter what side you fall onto. You know, it's like, I read, um, it's kind of a famous quote, I don't know really who it's associated with, but I have a few friends that are veterans who have been in war, and um, one of them posted a little picture yesterday, so the only people that want to go to war are the ones who have never been there. Yeah. Um, You know, the only people that want to be at war are the ones that have never seen the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone else knows... It's not a thing to be to clamor for. No, Um, but the I I think one of the things I wanted to talk about here is how, like this, uh, the fight between the war between Israel Mm -hmm. and Palestine is as old as it gets. Yeah, it is not a new thing. It is not something that is like. It's not something that just kind of came out of nowhere, even in our generation. No. We're talking all the way back into when Moses took the first step with the Israelite people out of Egypt mm-hmm. to go and settle in the promised land of God. Yeah, You know, back as far as Genesis chapter 17, um, before Abram was Abraham, he was still Abram, um, God had promised. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people, or his, uh, at that point they weren't the Jewish people; they were his descendants, right? right? Yeah. Land, among other things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, descendants, land, um, the resources to be a blessing to the world. Um. Uh. In Genesis chapter 17, um, starting in verse three, Abram fell face down, and God said to him. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name now will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now as an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Now, this is not the only place that God affirms this covenant with Abraham Mm -hmm. Abraham at this point. Um, And the language is all... Pretty much the same, mm-hmm. right? This covenant I make with you is everlasting, mm-hmm. forever, right? And, um, and the one of the, I would say, probably the most primary, the most primary aspect of the covenant that God made with Abram was the promise of land. Yeah. And the descendants to fill it. Mm -hmm. A people and land. Yep. Um, And so we know that the whole nation of Israel came from the lineage of Abraham. And so built deeply within their identity and existence as people on this earth has been the land that God has given to them mm-hmm. the land to take that land from them, or for them to be removed from that land, um, separates them from their religious identity, even
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: not just their homeland, but their cultural identity, their religious identity, everything, right. Other nations throughout history knew this about the Jews. Mm-hmm. And so when the Assyrians came in, what did they do? They shipped them off. Yep. When the Babylonians came in and conquered the, the land, what did they do? Shipped them off. Right? They, got, they, they expelled them from the land of promise, mm-hmm. knowing the significance that it held for them. Now, if you're asking, well, where is like... Are we talking about the same area here? We are talking about the same area. the The piece of land which we call now the Gaza Gaza Strip, right, right, um, was and is in Canaanite territory. It was just off the border of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like when you're reading your Bible, the the land of the Canaanites. Yep. This is where. This is what it was referencing. Is this mm-hmm. strip of land in the West Bank, um, and it um, probably its most famous inhabitants in biblical times were a group of people called the Philistines, yeah, who lived there in about 1200 BC or so. Um, as the Israelites were coming into the Promised Land, one of the first nations or first people groups that they came and contact with and that they were told to drive from the land yeah the Lord says I'm giving this land to you drive the people that are there off of it because mm-hmm. it is yours um and he told Joshua this yep right Joshua chapters 10 Joshua's chapter 15 mm-hmm. and Joshua uh, almost did it like God told him to almost almost. He drove most of the people from right. the land. He killed
0: most of the people, mm-hmm. but not all of uh, them. And then, significant portion of the story is the consequence yes. of that incompletion of that task.
1: Yes, A significant portion of the, of the, the whole story of um, Joshua, <clears throat> and then even now into Judges,
0: Judges, and the kings, and the kings, and right. like the perpetual idol worship. Yep. Is continually tied to the Israelites picking up the idols of those they failed to drive from the land. Right, exactly.
1: Um, and then we see the, we see the story followed in the Book of Judges through Samson. Mm-hmm. Samson was in the city of Gaza, right, um, in the land of Canaan, mm-hmm. um, and then we finally see um, Saul. And David come and finally, it appears, drive the Philistines, the Canaanites out of the land, and you know famous stories like David and Goliath, and, mm-hmm. and whatever in Second Kings chapter eighteen and others. And and then, but that's not the end. It's not just that's not the end of it. Is that through, throughout throughout that time period, you see, um. The prophets, both minor both minor and major prophets, prophesying about God's destruction of the Canaanites mm-hmm. God's destruction of them, God's like driving them out, destroying them. See like Amos chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Zephaniah 2, chapter or chapter 2, verse 4, Zechariah 9, 5, Jeremiah 25, 17 through 29. This continued sense of like God is bringing justice to the nation of Israel yep, um, or on behalf of the nation of Israel against the the um, those who are doing evil in this land, those who are worshiping idols, those who are pagans. And so this is a, this is not something that's new to the 21st century. It's not something that's new to the 20th century. It is a conflict that goes back all the way to when a people of God or the people of God, the Israelites were established um, through the covenant of Abraham.
0: Yeah.
1: (sighs) Yeah. So, from <laughs> these are some of the most unpopular passages in the Bible. Yes, they are in in, in the contemporary world.
0: Yeah, yeah. No people would um, there's that uh, um, like I was going to say Marcion, but. Mm-hmm. No one knows who Marcy and I is except for you and I. But there have been historical figures in the church who have been popularized the idea that somehow the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament Mm -hmm. are different. Must be different. Because they can't reconcile some of the actions and commands of God in the Old Testament, namely drive the people from the land, kill them all. All. Leave nothing alive. nothing alive. Um, with the God of the New Testament. And they have a hard time reconciling that. And so people have popularized the idea of like, oh, well, God was, you know, God the Father was really mad. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of grew up and Jesus came. And then Jesus kind of like was the nice part of God and kind of keeps God, angry God back. And, you know, mm-hmm. so that's a, um, you know, talk about liberal, that that has its own, that has roots in ancient heretic theology, but also has its current expression in some liberal theology and mm-hmm. deconstruction and stuff like that. Yeah. But, so they're unpopular
1: passages. Very unpopular, very unpopular. But, um, I do believe them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do believe that God has given that land historically and biblically and theologically to the people of Israel, to the Jewish nation. And that, I don't care about the worldly standard of what who who gets the land and who doesn't get the land where do the borders draw where do the borders not draw I I firmly believe that 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 God had given this land as a part of the covenant promise forever to the people of Israel and it is rightly um it is rightly theirs mm-hmm.
0: you
1: know and so now having that as a theological base of belief, you try to bring that over into the current iteration of the conflict. Yeah. And there are – i it's interesting to me in this particular conflict because I've never seen such widespread support for Israel until this one. Every Every other conflict that it has been in my recent awareness mm-hmm. – even like even in popular culture yeah has been like well if israel would stop being so oppressive yeah to the palestinians then
0: um then they would relax then they would relax like yeah yeah
1: you know then it wouldn't be an issue right um but every single almost every single not every single i get it but like most of what you see now is we support israel mm-hmm. we su- like hamas Attacked Israel with no, like on surprise, like surprisingly with no other
0: reason. Um,
1: And so. Well,
0: and I I think what was particularly unique, because like even I remember in my my news feed uh, a couple months ago, like I saw headlines about the exchanging of missile fire. Which is almost so, it's so common that it is almost not news between Gaza and Israel. Mm -hmm. I think what is particularly of note is the involvement of um, uh, troops in particular and civilian casualties and targets. Mm -hmm. Sets this a little bit apart and maybe is the reason for its quick escalation as well. Yes.
1: Um, so there then is like, I've seen lots of commentary about like other political movements. Um, other political movements within, like, the conflict, like, oh, is Iran involved, and is the United States involved, and is Great Britain involved, and is Egypt involved, and yeah. wh- wh- who else is involved, and what's going on there, and I don't know the answer to that.
0: I, I think we'll have to wait for the documentary in five years. Um, yeah, something like
1: that. Um, you know, I don't know if, you know, I don't know, like, what, if there is truth to those things, there probably is... I think it's beyond my scope, um, but like I, I just felt like they're, like it. Um, I guess what I want, what I, if I could have people walk away with one thing from this, mm-hmm. is that it's like we should be less surprised about this than we are. Yeah, we should be less surprised. Um, that, um, that the, and that we should, well, let me ask, let me state it in the form of a question. Do you, to what level of support should a Christian espouse or give to the nation of Israel in an armed conflict with the Palestinian people?
0: Are you asking me?
1: Uh huh. I mean, it's an open question. Yeah. I mean, we could both kind of. Um, answer that. because I think like the common objection is is like, well, okay, they should go to war with them, but only go to war with the military. Yeah. Let the innocent civilians out, right?
0: With what, what the the deal with that being the complexity of like, and that's been a thing that like at least. In my understanding of the Middle East is like, is the complexity of that mm-hmm. is very difficult, right? You know, it's, it's right. no, we, wars are no longer largely th- fought with uniforms on. No. Um, and when it's particularly religious based, yeah. um, that becomes even more complex.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and the reality is, is that Egypt has shut up, has long shut off its border mm-hmm. with Gaza, mm-hmm. the Palestinian um or with the Gaza strip. So Egypt's is, Egypt which is directly south of Gaza was like the border's closed and right. it has been for a long time like you're not coming in here. Mm-hmm. Right? Israel's certainly not letting people in. Right. For them to go they can't go north they're landlocked there. Yeah. With Israel. So um I think that there is like safe passage corridors being planned. My assumption is for um you know the innocent civilians who are just one out, want, just just one out. Don't want to get caught up into it. Yeah. Um. But um, it kind of is like a how do you separate? How do you separate one from another, and what is the?
0: Well, yeah. What is Israel to do when, if they're which it sounds like, determined to put an end to
1: this this forever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do they have the right to, Mm -hmm. and to what extent do they have the right to? Yeah. I, I mean, I will go on record right now that the thought of war really anywhere makes me a little like sick to my stomach. Yeah. Like I don't like the, I don't like the idea of it. I don't like the, the, um, consequences of it. I don't like the, um, like seemingly innocent people getting caught up in the the mix of it, right? Um, but it it feels a little bit like a unavoidable reality of a broken world. A little bit, um, and so I feel a little bit like, um, come, Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. to. Bring peace. Yeah. Also knowing from scripture that the coming of Jesus to bring peace is also a condemnation and a judgment and a him coming to make war. Right. Literally. Yep. Like Jesus will come to make war. Mm-hmm. Um and not in like the analogous metaphorical sense. He will come to make war war with the armies of heaven mm-hmm. to destroy the kings and nations that have risen up against him in godlessness and wickedness. Yeah. Um, And so, it feels really, it feels a little bit like compromising to take a hard line stand of like, okay, Israel, drive them out from the land that is rightfully yours. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that. Even though I read it clearly in Scripture, I believe it fully, mm-hmm. it feels very complicated to me.
0: Yeah. I I think, this is some of my thoughts on this, and I, I think <clears throat> that we should collectively give each other the permission to not be black and white. Mm-hmm. I think you can support, stand with Israel, uh, even generally agree with the logic of what they're doing but you don't necessarily have to agree with everything they do Mm -hmm. it's not i I think this all or nothing thinking which is kind of a a thinking that our world operates by either Mm -hmm. you are completely for me or you are completely against me Mm -hmm. i think that's a fallacy Mm -hmm. um and so you can stand with Israel, but you don't have to necessarily agree or condone or think that everything they are doing is moral or correct or I I I think there's permission and room to to hold some tension mm-hmm. and even hold some uh well, yeah reservation and humility in mm-hmm. our opinion. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, is that if you're listening to this, you're not a politician. Mm-hmm. You're not a general. Mm-hmm. You're not even in, you're not, you're not going to be called on to serve in this conflict. Well, hopefully not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, This is a very unpopular, and some people would probably even say un-American opinion of me, but you do have the privilege and the honor and the wisdom to lead a simple life and a quiet life and not have to espouse your opinion on this. Right. The world does not need your Facebook or social media post on this conflict. Right. Um, And I know that that's like very built into us because of our American history. Mm -hmm. And I do think, I don't want to say, I'm not advocating that you be ignorant, that you not form opinions, but like I also want to release the pressure valve that the entire world lives under every single day with the news cycle where we feel like we must be informed, have an opinion, be on the right side of history and be correct 100% of the time. Mm -hmm and that we've all got little microphones and cameras and we're our own news commentators all of the time and that the world needs my opinion or input yeah that is a fallacy you do not have to live that life right you do not have to post your opinion on the war you at don't all. at all mm-hmm. you don't have to share it with anybody mm-hmm. take that pressure off when you shared that post that That person shared of like, if you wait, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is so caught up in this modern mindset of we must try to be on the right side of history rather than recognizing that very few of us shape history and most of us are passengers in the divine hand of God turning the page. Mm -hmm. And God most certainly brings about his will, not always through Good measures right uh, the rising and falling of kingdom sits in God's hands, even when evil rises mm-hmm. and good falls mm-hmm. um, and vice versa yep. and so I think there's willing there's there there's a humbleness that I think that we can take as Christians to hold those passages that you say and this and say perhaps God is doing something here, mm-hmm. and we certainly do as the branch from the root of Israel, like have a special relationship and should be concerned with Israel and ultimately Israel knowing Christ. Mm -hmm. Like, but there's room for us to perhaps be humble and to not assume that we have to know or do know or can know everything and be right.
1: Perfectly said. Well, we hope like this little short little episode was in some way, eh, maybe not even clarifying for you, but <laughs> at least like knowing that there is, um, uh, there's a place to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That there's a place to talk about it. So yeah. thanks for listening to this special episode of the Uncut Podcast. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, comment wherever you are listening and, um, or watching and we will see you all the next time.